Would you like to cultivate more holistic rhythms in your home? Would you love it if your habits created space for your family to enjoy nature together or pursue goals that are important to you? Check out the peaceful loop. In 2024, we're going to be going through my new book, Habits for a Sacred Home. And each month we'll focus on different habits that help cultivate and strengthen the habits that you know are going to create a happier home rhythm and create more space for your family to pursue the goals that are important to you. The Peaceful Loop opens in January, so you can check out the link in our show notes and set yourself a reminder to join when we open again. Welcome to the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. It's the end of the year and I'm so excited to be chatting with Emily Pepito today about some of our end of the year processes that really set us up to start the new year well. Thanks for joining me today, Emily. I'm so excited to be here again. I'm excited to talk about how we both kind of close out a year because both of us are very goal oriented and have a lot of vision for our lives and for the impact we can make on culture. And part of what helps us move forward with those ideas and ideals is actually taking time as we get to the close of a year to really reflect on what we've done and what went well and kind of take some time to examine the impact of our lives and how much we lived by our own intentions in the year that passed. What's some of your kind of steps for examining your year? I always try and get out and take a big walk somewhere where I can talk out loud And I find it really helpful for processing just my thoughts. I can start talking out loud and it's, um, for me, it's not just talking out loud, but I'm really having a conversation with God and it's telling him about my year, maybe telling him about some failures or, you know, like one of the big goals the last couple of years in my thesis and that's not done yet. And so I'll definitely this year go out for a walk and I'll talk to him about that. I'll talk about pain and disappointment. I'll talk about things I loved, things I didn't love. I'll talk about areas where I feel like I'm sticking Um, areas where I feel like I'm growing and so it's just a big kind of verbal dump and I'll in that process I always am really intentional about pausing and giving God an opportunity in the silence to also talk back to me and you know and I'll and and looking for kind of what he has to say about the year and and like there's sometimes there's been chastisement sometimes there's been blessings sometimes there's been understanding but just having a, a conversation about what the year looked like And then I will also take time to write a letter from God to myself about my next year. And so I'll usually put on music and I will like worship music and I'll sit down and I'll just ask God to speak to me, to tell me, kind of give me a a dream and a vision for the next year to talk to me about what he, what he has in store for me, what he wants to do with me. And, um, in some of it's like, how do you want to, how do I want to carve out time with God, like special ways to do that? Or it's really practical things like, okay, this year I need to get on and do this or that or whatever it is. And then I also have, I use the peaceful press, the family, the 
year planning sheet that you created. And I use that as kind of a really broad stroke thing for just a few fun ideas. And then I have a, a goal list and then I have a wish list. And so the wish list is things that I would like to accomplish over the year. And then the goal list is like, these are things that I'm actively working towards with intentionality rather than just like, oh, it'd be fun to do this. Yeah, I love that so much. And, you know, I think one of the things that keeps people from reflecting in that way is fear that they might mishear God. Like people, you know, don't trust that what they're hearing would be God. And I, I just read Steve Jobs' biography and he talked in there about how in other cultures, there's a lot more time spent or or attention given to intuition and I think even that might be one way of saying like when we are never quiet we don't let our we don't let ourselves hear from God and I think I understand the fear that what if you mishear what if you miss the boat on what he's saying but in the Bible you see constantly God leading his people and obviously we have the word of God to be like a kind of a landmark and a light and an anchor and, and a plumb line to help us know if things that we're hearing in our quiet time is really him. But what have been like, have you ever had that wrestle? Like, what is this? What is this? Is this God? Am I really hearing from God? I think quite often, to be honest, I haven't. There's been times where I feel like God's saying something to me and I'm like, oh, that sounds too good to be true. Or that's, you know, there's, there's certain things like as a single woman, there's always the, am I supposed to marry this person? And that one, I'm like, I am very aware of the fact that there's multiple things going on in my head and my body when I ask that question. And that that might be one of those questions where it's like, it might be a little more hope than truth that I'm hearing, or maybe it's more fear of disappointment than truth that I'm hearing. And so there's, there's ways that I culture some self-awareness culture some understanding of myself and then most importantly an understanding of who God is for the Bible but the way I look at it I'm like I my the highest priority in my life is my relationship with God and my and the the knowledge that God is my Lord my Savior my King um, and I'm a, and, and as Paul said, like a bond servant, so he's my master. And I think kind of like, I keep that in one hand and I also am like, okay, the most important thing, the thing that my faith hinges on is not whether or not I get the word of God wrong. It's not whether or not I get this wrong or that wrong. It's where I get salvation wrong. And as long as I know that I am saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is the son of God come in the flesh, fully God, fully man. I'm like, if I have these really basic, really fundamental um, core foundation of Christianity settled, then I'm like, why would I be afraid of mishearing God? Because if I hear something, so let's say I'm like, oh, I feel like God said for me to do this this year. And then it doesn't happen. I'm like, it's not a big deal. Like if it doesn't happen, I'm not like, oh my gosh, like God must not be real because this thing he told me didn't happen. I'm like, well, is a million reasons why it couldn't have happened. It doesn't diminish his greatness, nor does it diminish my desire to speak to him because the the words that I'm hearing are not where my faith is built and they're not where my salvation is. They're just they're just the the um I don't want to say extra because they're not just extra in my walk. Like they're a huge part of my relationship with God and 
and um, a really important part sometimes of even how I regulate through stress or how I handle crises, but they are also um, not not where I hang my hope. And I think there's um, there's a Matt Redmond song, and I think it's it's based on scripture, and it's just blessed be your name in a land filled with suffering, and blessed be your name when like my plate is full and when there's blessing. And so. I think that's kind of what I come back to is that this process of hearing from God, this process of communicating with God is not replacing my faith. It's not replacing my salvation. It's simply this really extra beautiful part that I get to enjoy and explore. And if I get it wrong, it's not a big deal. And if I get it right, how beautiful to be able to communicate with God. Yeah, I love that so much, Emily. And, you know, I that is one of the reasons like I personally recite the Apostles Creed and the Heidelberg Catechism question one, because they're, you know, our, our foundational, like the foundation that we stand on is really settled. And so there's a sense of childlikeness that we approach God with. Like I, you know, I mean, what would have happened if the fathers of the faith, the biblical fathers didn't try to listen to God. If, if Moses didn't turn aside to the boning, to the burning bush, what would have happened to the Israelites? They wouldn't have been delivered, but because Moses was curious and listening, he was able to lead his people to freedom. And so I think it is really important to cultivate both that groundedness, like we're grounded in foundational truth of scripture and of the foundations of our faith, but also have that, um, that kind of curiosity. And one of the ways that I, kind of reflect on a year is just looking at some of the documents that I've created. Like uh, I have a peaceful life workshop and we'll link that in the show notes. And so I will look back at my peaceful life planner and look at what did I write down as my eulogy and how well did I live by my, you know, my core ideals of being a daughter of the king and a good mom and a good wife and a good grandma. And, you know, how well did I follow like the things that I had set, set down and written down in my planner last year, like the big dreams or the books I wanted to read or the habits I wanted to cultivate. How well did I cultivate those? And a big part actually for me this year of cultivating better habits has been the restoration home community. We just renamed it. It was the peaceful loop. But this year we went through a book called The Habits of the Household, and every month we focused on a different set of habits. One month it was morning time habits, another month it was bedtime, and it was such a formative year for me and all of the moms in the group because every month we were focused on like checking in with each other. You know, how did we do with our morning routine? How did we do with our morning prayers? How do we do with morning time? Because all of these all of these things that we do as a family, like reflecting, writing down what we did, listening to God, all these little things create that 1% improvement that really lifts our families up to that level of being able to be a light. Like the Bible says, you know, let your light so shine before men, they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. And so part of that is living with some spiritual discipline, but it's hard to do that alone. One of the moms said, in many ways, the habits offered the accountability I needed to actually implement many goals and ambitions I envisioned for my homeschool for many years, but never got down in the business of instilling. And she said that prioritizing this has all been fruitful in many ways. And oh, it's really sweet. At the end, she says, 
in the evening, we adjusted our evening routine to add in reading and praying numbers 624 to 26, and then saying farther up and farther in as a family. She said, it's been such a fun time of connection and peace before bed. And it was, it was a really sweet year. There's a lot to reflect on there because in the Peaceful Loop community, which is going to be the Restoration Home community this year, every month we were having these conversations around the habits. And I felt for, even though, you know, most of my kids are grown to some degree. Um, My youngest now is 15. He just had his birthday. And so I'm not as much in the thick of, uh, you know, connecting with infants or trying to make meals for multiple children or trying to homeschool multiple children at once. There's still this truth that whoever we are, is who our children are becoming. And so if we don't pay attention to our own way of being, whether we're mothering preschoolers or infants or adults or or whether we're adults on our own, then we're not um, reflecting God. Like we are his workmanship. The Bible says that we are his workmanship. And so pressing into reflection and then to making goals for the coming year is part of just letting ourselves be loved by God and letting ourselves be conformed into his image. And I'm really excited about this coming year in Restoration Home Community. We're going to be going through my new book, which is called Habits for a Sacred Home. And it's not even available to purchase yet. But in January, I will have permission from the publisher to release the manuscript to the families in the Restoration Home Community. And then each month, we're going to focus on a new habit in there. We're going to focus on stewardship and prayer and order and community and hospitality. It's going to be another amazing year. And we're culminating the year with an in-person retreat in um, in Tennessee in the fall. So I'm so excited about that. So when you, Emily, once you've like done that reflection time, and I'm doing a lot of that, like I just looked in my closet, there's a poster on the wall right above where I get dressed. And it has a list of dreams that I made in 2018, I think. And it was amazing to see that because so many of the dreams on that list have actually come true. You know, um, dreams of like speaking in certain venues or dreams of traveling to certain places, writing a book. So many of those dreams have come true. And I don't know that they would have if I hadn't dreamed really big and actually written those things down. And so that's a part of my end of the year process is really dreaming with God and just thinking about what, what are some of the things that he would like me to accomplish this year? What are some of the things that are on my heart? Because I believe that he gives us ideas. He gives us desires. And so I don't think we always have to be like, is this me or is this God? Like, I think we can trust that the Holy Spirit's living inside of us. Jesus is living inside of us and he's giving us good ideas. And so part of my process is kind of starting to dream a little bit with God about what this coming year could look like. What are some of your processes once you've done that reflection to kind of think about planning the coming year? I think part of it is definitely just that like writing out the the things I wish for, like things I wish for might be like uh, things I can't control. So I'd love to be in a relationship this year. or I'd love to, um, you know, travel or I'd love to, you know, experience that, experience this and things that I don't have control on. And then the goals are obviously that are the big dreams for the year and the big dreams of like, okay, this is, this is a dream I have. And one way I do it is I have like a 10 year plan. So I currently am working on kind of like a rough sketch of the next like 10 years. And so I'm like, okay, this is who I want to be at 40. 
So if this is who I want to be at 40 and I want to make small manageable changes over the next 10 years to get there, what are some big goals for this year that are going to contribute to my 40s? Um, and so I have trying to have a bigger picture. And then I definitely, the eulogy, I haven't written my eulogy yet, but it's on like the list of things to do for planning this year. Cause I'm so excited about that idea because I was working on my thesis and I was talking to a close friend about money. We were talking about like money and status and kind of these things. And I was like, I really like, I can kind of sometimes get caught up in it. Like I'm working on a, a doctorate. I can, and sometimes I'm like, well, I finished the doctorate or will I not? And there's some pressure and some stress. And I'm like, well, why? why do I want the doctor? Like, who do I want to, who do I want to be remembered as when I die? And what role is the doctor going to play in that? And I was like, well, actually it has nothing to do with the title. It has to do with like the story I'm creating by meeting the challenges I'm faced with finishing it. And so being really intentional about like the 20 and the 30 and the 40 year plans. So that when I come back and I make dreams for this year, I'm making them in kind of the grand scheme of the rest of my life. Yeah, I love that so much because I think we do have to be continually like kind of looking forward and then also being, you know, being flexible. Like I loved what you said earlier about listening to God, trying your best to follow what you think he's saying, but also realizing that you are just the clay. Like if you get something wrong or if something you think you heard doesn't come true, like you think that this is the job or the marriage or whatever that's going to happen, I think always coming back and just trusting God, like we're one of my favorite things to say to any friend who wants to be creative is like, just approach creativity, like a child throwing paint at the wall. Like we're, we're doing our best to dream with God. And I think it's a lot better to dream with God and miss it than to not dream at all, you know, to like, I want to try and be better at watercolor painting. Well, I'm going to try watercolor painting. I might not be the best, but I'll try and maybe I'll later on decide that's not what I want to do anymore. You know, uh, it was really fun even looking at my goals from 2023. I had, you know, I had a a quote by Amy Carmichael written down because last winter was actually one of the hardest winters of my life. There was a lot of grief that we were dealing with as a family with some of the um, life changes that were going on. And yet I had these verses, Isaiah 30, 16, for thus saith the Lord, the Holy One, in returning and rest shall you be saved in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And so when I look back on 2023 and just think about, wow, I mean, we weathered some really hard storms as a family. Uh, We developed more faith. I've seen my children be more excited about God than they ever have been. You know, there's a lot of, of changes that are better But it took, in some ways, just throwing the paint at the wall or putting the seed in the ground even. Some of that, some of the seeds that some of you moms are sowing right now, you're sowing them in tears. Like there may be hard things that you're going through as a family. And as you're reflecting on the year, you could say, we're not where we want to be. And there's a lot of disappointment. But I think that what what we do is we just give all that back to God. Like God, he cares about every hair that falls from our head, every every tear that falls from our eyes, he cares about us. And so instead of beating yourself up or feeling hopeless about the future, not even trying to set any goals or, you know, avoiding reflecting because it's too painful. I think just hold your hands open to God. I love that you write a letter, Emily, because I think, you know, that's a process that I do quite often actually is anytime I'm having a hard time, I'll write a letter to God about it and then write, you know, what I think he's saying, because 
I think sometimes just getting those feelings out and then listening to what you might have to say about it. There are so many things that we go through as women where we're going to feel that unrest or that fear. It's going to come up. But if we can learn how to process it with the Lord instead of just reacting, because I think what can happen, like my tendency as a mom is that if I feel afraid of something, I try to start controlling people. And that might be kind of okay with little children, but it doesn't work with adults. And so as you're growing moms, if you can learn to process as you go and just pray through things and write down a letter and see if you can find a scripture, a word from the Lord to carry you through that hard time, you're going to do a lot less reacting and and be able to be responsive instead because our children are picking up on our feelings and our emotions. One of the other things that I love to do is have a word for the year. Like last year, my word was simplicity and peace. And we, I mean, we had two extra children in the house with us, actually three really over the summer. And, and so we had this really a really peaceful summer, actually, despite being very crowded in some sense. And it was very, um, you know, and relationally intense in a lot of ways, but it was very peaceful. And I, I already kind of have a word in my mind for this coming year. Do you come up with a word for the year, Emily? I do come up from a word. And also just back to what you were saying about the importance of dreaming, no matter how much you're can like scared about disappointment or scared about how you maybe haven't like lived up to your dreams I just love that you pointed that out mom because it's so it's so easy to get disappointed in ourselves disappointed in our lives and to feel like it's much safer to just not dream or to make the same kind of five really simple goals or to get discouraged when we are failing these like kind of intense resolutions that we maybe made by the end of January and I really love the way that you put that and I think making making goals and making dreams um on a like writing them down on the list is just so important because it we we should have something that we're excited about and we're aiming for and I think taking the sting out of it and just what you were saying about us being clay and we're we're here to be molded not to be this perfect presentation of something and I love that and I learned about making a word for the year from you as well and I have loved doing that because it just gives me this this grounding across a year of like this is when, you know, if, if things get kind of overwhelming, like, no, like all I'm working on this year is joy. Like if I finish up this year and I just worked on joy, then it's been a good year. Yeah, I love it. It's it's amazing because when we look back at our lives, we wouldn't think we could survive some of the things we survived. Do you know what I mean? And and that is another another beauty of before you set the goals, just taking time to reflect and understanding how far you have come because it's so easy to diminish our own growth but when you take time to reflect, and that's what we've been doing in the Peaceful Loop Restoration Home community at the end of the year here is we've just been working on reflecting like each of the moms sent in kind of a note about what this year meant to them and how much they've grown as a family because it's it's such a delight to celebrate the milestones. Like we do have to pause. I think that's part of why God instituted so many celebrations in the Bible is that we have to pause and recognize all that he's done, all that he's brought us through before we go in. And I hope, you know, you guys are going to be listening to this the week of Christmas. I hope that as you're reflecting, you're also celebrating and recognizing, look at all we accomplished this year. Look at the ways that our family grew. Look at the ways that we survived this hardship or this trial or this intensity in the world. Look at how we made it this year. 
look at how we responded to that situation with grace or with joy or with peace and really celebrate, celebrate your accomplishments. And we're going to close, but in the coming weeks, we're going to have more conversations about a restoration home, what that looks like, what it means to live towards a more connected family and restored community. We have Sarah McKenzie is going to be a guest, Sally Clarkson, Felicia Masonheimer later this year. But if you want more accountability towards a connected family, towards a peaceful life, join the Restoration Home community. I'm going to link a two weeks to a happier homeschool conversation that we're having. And in January, we'll open up the community for some new friends to join us in this journey of developing better habits as a family and more hope. Thanks so much for joining today on the Restoration Home Podcast. Emily, it's been a delight to chat with you. Thank you for having me.